0: Last night, mayoral candidates Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis faced off in their first debate ahead of the April 4th runoff. Here's a taste of what they had to say.
1: I have built a multicultural, multi-generational movement. From one end of the city to the other. I've really focused on running an
2: issue-oriented campaign, and I think that's why I've had success so far. We're going to pass Bring Chicago Home to raise
1: revenue, to focus on housing. We need to make sure that every neighborhood school is a quality school. We're going to eliminate that structural deficit, make critical investments up to $1 billion over four years, and we're going to do it without raising property taxes. You have to cap property taxes. You can't, you've got to
2: protect against gentrification because property taxes are driving families and business
0: out of their homes. The debate was hosted by NBC5 and Telemundo Chicago in partnership with the Chicago Urban League, the Latino Policy Forum, and the Union League Club of Chicago. So how did it go? Let's find out from WBEZ city government and politics reporter Tessa Weinberg. Hey, Tessa, welcome back. Thanks for having me. So up until now, we've been watching all these debates with nine candidates on stage, right? So last night was a little bit different. This was the first time with just the two who made it to the runoff. Did you think that voters were able this time around to get maybe a a calmer, clearer discussion on the issues? Or was this just another night of sniping at each other?
3: Yeah, you know, going into it, I thought with just two candidates, you know, we're going to have more substantive policy talks and that would be more in depth. But it was still a lot of attacks, a lot of sniping. Um, You know, even those just two candidates, too, they only still had 45 seconds to answer questions. So they had to be quick and fast. And so um, we didn't always get the kind of, you know, long winded, thoughtful answers. I thought we might. Um, and, yeah, there was definitely lots of attacks, a lot of, you know, Johnson um, particularly turning his answers, you know, back onto Vallis's record, mm-hmm. whether it was budget issues or, you know, some of his wealthy supporters or trying to paint Vallis as a Republican. And, you know, Vallis, I think, was largely avoiding trying to hit back on yeah. some of those attacks, but still, you know, accusing Johnson of things. So lots of attacks back and forth. And,
0: and we'll dig more into some of those, those conversations there. But off the bat, how do you think each candidate did overall?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, going into this, you know, Vallis, you know, had he had earned the most votes in the general election. You know, Johnson was in second place. So I think what we saw was kind of a, a reflection of that, of Vallis trying to maintain his front runner status, not really be seen as going negative and engaging with Johnson on some of the attacks, whereas... Johnson really had to be on the offensive and was continually trying to kind of, you know, knock Dallas down on a variety of issues. So I think that kind of reflected that of just where their positions, um, you know, were going into this runoff. Yeah.
0: And when we talked yesterday, Tessa, you said that in past forums, it was hard to get a sense of detail, right, on on their policies, just because of the fact that there were so many voices on stage. But it sounds like with this 45 second time limit and so forth, you didn't really get a better sense of where each stood on issues, or, or did you?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I think there was there was some more digging into some of their policies, like I think crime and, you know, budget issues. But I do think it was still a lot of the same kind of top-line stances we've heard. Um, you know, an area that kind of surprised me is, um, you know, both of them, when asked, said that they they would keep Mayor Lightfoot's Invest Southwest program. And previously in a WBZ and Sun-Times candidate questionnaire, they both had actually answered no to that. Mm-hmm. But I think as they expanded on their answers this time in the debate, they said, yes, we would keep those investments, but we would really prevent up the program and expand it so I think that was one example of kind of getting to more of the nuances on their stances um and I think when Johnson talked about um you know budget issues it was interesting to hear him talk about his budget plan as a sort of living document mm-hmm. when he was getting pushed on his um his business head tax which he's pitched a, a tax on large companies um, who per- perform more than you know half of their work in Chicago taxing them at a rate of four dollars per employee um and you know he was like well we can raise up to 20 million dollars with that tax and if you don't like it help me find another place to find that revenue. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting for him to um, kind of acknowledge that, you know, this is, you know, he's open to hearing maybe, you know, um, feedback on some of these things. And perhaps these plans are not set in stone as he kind of puts ideas out there and and hears from people about whether they like them or not.
0: Well, let's hear about another issue. As we know, crime has been top of mind for Chicago voters. Here's what Vallis had to say about what he would prioritize when it comes to public safety.
2: Only half the high-priority 911 calls are being responded to. 400,000 911 calls not being responded to because there were not police cars available. So we need to return to community-based policing where we have beat integrity. We also need to return to community-based policing where the CTA platforms and the CTA stations and the trains have the presence of police officers.
0: And here's Johnson describing his approach to that issue.
1: My public safety plan is an investment plan. We have to make sure that we are strengthening the red flag laws So that individuals who are um, holding guns and receiving guns, that they don't have guns. Paul Vallis is supported by someone, Citadel, Ken Griffin, that is trying to manufacture and put more guns on the street. I'm working hard to keep guns off the street. The public safety plan that I have is going to promote, train 200 more detectives so we can actually solve crime and then alleviate the pressure from law enforcement for having to behave
0: as social workers, counselors, and marriage therapists. Tessa, their views on how to reduce crime in the city couldn't be more different.
3: Yeah, it was interesting because in, you know, some ways they both want to, you know, create you know, more resources and support for the police, but talk about doing that in different ways. You know, like the clip kind of played, Johnson was talking a lot about police, um, you know, not being required to do the jobs of a mental health counselor and wanting to, you know, free them up and make sure they're not saddled with those kinds of things Mm -hmm. and getting a focus on the job of policing. Um, Dallas talked a lot about changes in leadership and making sure that the rank and file had, um, you know, trusted whoever is the next leader of the police department and their superiors. And he talked a lot about returning to, you know, community policing as a way um to you know support officers and mm-hmm. he was even claiming that you know with some of those changes hundreds of officers would you know return even some coming out of retirement he claimed to to join the force so yeah it was interesting to hear them kind of um get into more specifics on, on how they would do that and you know at the the top of the debate uh Brandon Johnson was kind of played a clip where he had previously experienced Uh, expressed support for, um, you know, defunding the police and Mm -hmm. he quickly pivoted to, you know, my plan is going to, you know, help ensure that we, you know, uh, put police officers on the street and help ensure we have enough detectives. So it's interesting to see that.
0: Now, they also each said that the other candidate was, quote, making race the issue in this election. What's going on there?
3: Yeah, it's interesting to see that because I think there's no question that race, you know, plays a factor in the election and the runoff, you know, in, in the city. Yeah, definitely. In the, um, you know, just even the past week, they've been rolling out endorsement after endorsement. And many of those on both sides have been from really prominent black elected officials. So I think that signals whether, you know, they want to acknowledge it or not, that they're really vying for, you know, black voter support. And that's something clearly in their minds. And they both really pitch themselves as as this candidate that can be, you know, a mayor for the entire city that will have, you know, multiracial coalitions. Um, so I think it's you know, clear whether they want to kind of write it off or not, that race is definitely, you know, part of part of the campaign. So yeah.
0: there's a, a shot that Johnson has taken at Vallis uh, a number of times. And of course, it, it showed up last night and this was over his Republican ties. In the forum, moderator Marianne Ahern played this clip from 2009 where you see Vallis describing himself in the interview as, uh, quote, more of a Republican than a Democrat. He says that himself. So how is Vallis defending himself on that?
3: Yeah, he, you know, I think responded by just reemphasizing. He says, you know, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I voted in Democratic primaries and he kind of quickly moved on.
0: Yeah, I felt like he didn't quite answer the question
3: Mm -hmm. yeah it seemed like he was largely avoiding kind of getting into it um he was asked in the you know post-debate spin room um by the press about those attacks and he kind of in part chalked it up to just the way the debate was structured saying you know we had a short amount of time and you know the moderator was very you know good about you know getting people to answer questions, and so he said, you know, I would have had to interrupt the flow if I was going to, you know, respond to those attacks in the moment. So he kind of wrote it off a little bit, but I think he largely tried not to get into that too much. You
0: think this is just going to continue to be a sharp thorn in his side over the next few weeks?
3: Yeah, I definitely think so. We saw, um, you know, Johnson bring up the fact that um, Citadel founder Ken Griffin has, you know, come out in support of Vallis, and, you know, I think he was repeatedly bringing up and trying to paint Vallis as a Republican, so I don't think that's something he's going to stop doing anytime soon.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about the first one-on-one face-off between Chicago mayoral candidates Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis. Last night, the two took part in a forum with NBC5 in Telemundo, Chicago. And our guest right now is WBEZ's Tessa Weinberg, who was there for all of the action. So in the last few days, Tessa, both the Cook County commissioner and the former CPS CEO, They've been racking up a number of endorsements. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, these include Tony Preckwinkle, uh, SEIU Local One, all for Johnson, and uh, former mayoral candidates Willie Wilson and Rod Sawyer have stepped up for Vallis. So did they tout the endorsements at all last night? Did that come up?
3: You know, it actually didn't come up very much. They didn't really get into, you know, they themselves bring up much of the endorsements, but it was a focus on some of the questions. And they yeah. were asked about the support from, you know, CTU, FOP, things like that. Will these endorsements matter? I think, you know, they will play a role, especially just with, you know, the runoff election being, you know, they only have, you know, less than, you know, a month about at this point to make their pitch to voters. So I think having some of those surrogates to really stand in um, could mean a lot. And especially I think some of the former mayoral candidates who they're really vying for those voters. And so I think having Mm -hmm. those candidates come out and support could could make a difference. Well, you you mentioned uh, the unions. Uh,
0: there was discussion in the debate last night around these big unions, Johnson having the support of uh, the Chicago Teachers Union, Vallis with the Fraternal Order of Police. So, how did they actually address the concerns about whether, you know, they would be beholden to these unions? if they were to become the next mayor.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they both really strongly insisted that, you know, they would be independent from, you know, those unions. Um, Johnson, you know, he was asked an area where he disagrees with the CTU and he didn't really, you know, get into you know, a specific area. But he said he would no longer be a a dues-paying member of the Chicago Teachers Union if elected. Um, And Vallis, who's endorsed by Chicago's police union, the FOP, you know, he said he's made it a condition from when he did uh, contract negotiations for them and this uh, mayoral election to not accept uh, contributions or financial support from them. And so I think they both pointed to those as ways of, you know, that they'll be independent from some of their biggest supporters.
0: And I mean, given that the state of crime in Chicago, one of the biggest decisions that the next mayor will make is, is who is going to be appointed as the next police department uh, superintendent. So here is what the candidates had to say about that.
1: We're having conversations, but as we continue to build our coalition to speak to people around the city, um, we'll, we'll get to that point. And it's not just for someone as a superintendent, you know, someone to run all of our agencies that reflect the values of the city of Chicago. If you are competent, collaborative, and compassionate, you're on the short list.
2: I've talked to a number of commanders. I've talked to a number of police officers. Would you give us their names? Doesn't the public have a right to know those names? Well, you know, they will when I become mayor, uh, you know, because I don't think I want to put them on the spot right now. But the bottom line is I have talked to specific police officers in senior levels of responsibility.
0: So I guess no surprises there They're they're not naming names at this point. What are your thoughts, Tessa?
3: Yeah, I would be surprised if they were already coming out with names of specific candidates. You know, we don't even know who's going to be elected yet, so that right. might be premature. Um, but, well, you, know, you heard it
0: from Vallis. He said, when I become mayor. Right. right there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And Vallis is really, really stressed, you know, um, promoting someone from within, from within the ranks, um, which I think he reflected in his answer. But, you know, it's not going to be entirely, you know, the mayor's decision. The new uh, Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability you know as part of their role they'll develop a short list of candidates the mayor has to choose from that list or request a new list if Mm -hmm. they don't like them and then once the mayor chooses then city council will vote on whether to confirm so that whole process has to play out as well well when it
0: comes to day one on the job which is really just around the corner what other major appointments do you think uh, a mayor johnson or a mayor Vallis will have to make And, and which one of those do you think will be perhaps the most consequential
3: Yeah. You know, I'm curious, yeah, who they'll choose to be, you know, in their cabinet level positions, how Mm -hmm. much of maybe Lightfoot's administration they'll retain or if they'll be, you know, cleaning house. Um, I do think just, you know, with some of the issues that have defined uh, the election so far, like transit, you know, with the CTA or given both their backgrounds with education, that maybe those are areas they're going to want to have input, you know, in the selection process or, you know, of who leads those those agencies. Although, you know, there are their own boards who control leadership and all that. I'm sure they they you know it wouldn't be uncommon. I think for them to voice you know what they'd like to see out of those agencies and in terms of leadership. So those might be areas to look for. We
0: talked about this yesterday, Tessa. This was before the debates actually took place. But now that you've watched this first face off. What else do you think that Vallis and Johnson will need to work on to get more voters behind them? Because that's the ultimate goal
3: here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, from some voters I've talked to, they're still looking for, I think, more specifics on how some of these, you know, ideas and positions are actually going to be rolled out and achieved. Like, I think, you know, both candidates talk a lot about, you know, they're not going to raise property taxes, but it sounds like people still want to see, okay, well, how, what does that actually look like then how are you going to still um you know ensure we can pay our pensions or raise revenue in other ways so i think they you know there's still i think unanswered questions on some of their policy positions on wanting to see more details um and i think just introducing themselves to to more voters across the city
0: Tessa Weinberg is a WBEZ city government and politics reporter thank you so much yeah thank you